Nate Sarrow inside the rbeats.com studio. First the trailer, and then when we come back, we'll be unplugged and totally uncut with Colin Quinn. How did all these cultures come together to make the New York attitude? You have to realize all the people that came here came here because they were miserable wherever they were. One night in New York. The Irish came and they brought the wise ass. Kiss you, hug you, smack you in the face. In 1880, the Jews show up. They're still kind of seasick if you talk to them. It's genetically passed down over the generations. We used to give directions based on ethnicity. How do you know it's a Puerto Rican building on the corner? So the Puerto Rican's outside. They say, what if they're not outside? I said, don't worry, they're gonna be outside. The Italians, they brought the volume. It's good or bad, high or low. There's no in there's no like, ah, oh, the guy's a little passive aggressive with me. He's like, no, he spit in my eye, basically. <laughs> the Haitians, the Greeks, Dominicans came over. You can't be nice and last in the city. People from New York accuse you of information. Like you owe them the information. Don't say excuse me, just block you. Where'd you get the ice cream? <laughs> And then if you tell them, they want to review. You're like, over there, is it good? Good morning, Colin. How are you doing today? Fine, how are you? Doing very well. Dude, you have to be proud of this project because this is the kind of stuff that people are going to say, man, he he's pulled off something that only an Eddie Murphy can do because this is the stuff that's going to have longevity to it. Wow, thanks. To, to write, I'm, I'm proud of it. To, I'm to, getting proud of it now. The way you're describing. <laughs> to, to write comedy that is ageless. What what is that process like? Because the way that you deliver the storyline and the and the laughter, it th- this really had to have taken a long time to put together. Well, it was. Uh, I mean, it, it was a year, but I mean, it was also you know like it's sort of like the story of my life in a certain way. So it really was. I guess you could say it took my my life, you know, because it was kind of my. My history, in many ways. It, it, it's so interesting because if, if, if it's about your life, then that means that you went into it with awareness, looking at life and just basically laughing about it then. Yeah. I mean, no. I mean, that was my, that's my whole... That's my only thing, you might say. <laughs> if, I, if I don't have that, I'm basically not a very useful person in society. <laughs> I, mean, I can't be funny. I don't have many other skills, let's put it that way. But how, how do you take this idea to a Jerry Seinfeld and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to put a bunch of people together in New York City and we're, we're just going to share a journey? Well, I mean, luckily I hang out with Jerry. So for me, it's more like, uh, oh, I'm working on this thing, Jerry, you know. Like, I'm talking out loud to myself. And Jerry's like, what thing? Oh, no, Jerry, I don't know, I don't know who bother you with this. <laughs> Just a well, finance a problem, Jerry. What? <laughs> no, no, Jerry. It's like that. Very subtle, my technique. Don't you don't you love that lifestyle though of of the comedian where where you you've been to the clubs you, you've been on TV and stuff but but it's never over the creative mind just never shuts off. I know I am I am happy about that because especially as I get older and everything else shuts down that it does feel good that my mind is still working. Does anybody ever come up to you and say, Colin, are you are you trying to be a curmudgeon or what what's going on here? Well, you know, it's funny because about 10 years ago, I noticed people started to, like, say I was a curmudgeon. And at first I was like, hey, I'm not like that. What are they saying? But now everybody says it, so I'm just like, I guess I am, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, but, but aren't you that guy, though, that you're only speaking the street, you're telling us what's going on, and that's the reason why we're laughing, because we can relate so much through you. 
I mean, that's how I look at it. But the word curmudgeon does come up a lot, so obviously there's something there. But I mean, um, yeah, no, I believe it. I'm always like, hey, man, I'm just talking. And then people are like, oh, boy, you're always in it. And I'm like, what? No, don't see me that way. But you know how nobody can really see themselves the way they are. That's how life is. Half of them can't even spell curmudgeon. <laughs> That's right. After we take a bunch of like, oh, what are you trying to be all intellectual? You're like, oh, Jesus. You, you know what's going to happen? People are going to be going to Netflix to watch this, and they're going to want to see you do it live. Are you going on tour with something like this? No. I, I'm on my next show now. Oh, that, uh, I already did that. I'm, I'm going to my next one. That is so funny that you bring that up because yesterday I was with Nick Mason of, of Pink Floyd and, and I asked, do you ever get memories from your songs? No, I'm already on to the next project. How do you live that lifestyle? There's one difference between uh, Pink Floyd and comedians, and I'm straightening I'm straightening those musicians out right now. The difference is when they go on stage, people want them to play all their old hits. When we go on stage, when when Pink when Pink Floyd plays Half a Cigar, the audience doesn't go, "We heard that one already. Yep. We heard it. What else you got? What's new? They want to hear it. So tell him I don't want to hear anything." So you you basically you're like yeah, a, yeah, I'm a I even yell at Pink Floyd. <laughs> but but you're a visionary though. You it, it's almost like that you've got to live in the future so that we can catch up to you. Yeah, you do. If you're a comedian, you have to really you can't play games your whole life. You have to write constantly because you don't want to be the guy that's doing uh, like an old Donald Trump reference where you're. We are talking about Donald Trump, but it's something from like six months ago, but you just updated it for the election. You know what I mean? Like you have to really, you can't just play games, you know? You can't be like, because you will get left behind, which is a good thing, you know? It's a survival game, but you do get left behind if you're not constantly trying to come up with something original, you know? Isn't there a side of you right now that's looking at the politics going, I, I can't do the politics thing because people are just tired of it right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends how you do it. It depends where you're coming from. You know what I mean? Like, if you're coming from a place of of preaching at people and scolding people, which a lot of, I've seen a lot, then it's like, yeah, guess what? People don't want to hear from you. People don't want to be lectured by somebody. They want you to be funny. And if you can be funny and talk about what you feel like talking about, that's great. But if you can't, then, in my opinion, you're just, you're, you're misrepresenting yourself. You're, 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 you're acting like you're a philosopher instead of a comedian. I, I, I love listening to you share stories because right away I've got all my New York family friend, and friends going. It, it, it's like you, you speak the way they speak. What is it about the Big Apple where it definitely, it's, it's, it's not on the inside, it's surface, surface level except me for me. Wait, it's what surface level? It, What's that? It's surface level just except me for me. That's one thing I've always loved about the New York accent and attitude. It's like, look, this yeah. is the way it's going to be. Right. Yeah, it, it's definitely changing. You know, I feel like nowadays people are getting very, uh, very cautious. Like, I think I say that in the show. But I mean, um, but yeah, it's definitely, that's the charm of it. It's sort of like blurting out how you feel. So none of the usual, uh, you know, none of the people trying to be like, uh, you know, trying to be like sensitive, you know. And it's sort of, it's not like people were unfriendly there. They were just very abrupt, you know what I mean? And like you said, it brings out honesty, which you don't see a lot of now, you know. And, and, and that's that's what's so cool about just walking around the city is is that like, I, see I, I won't do the train or the, or the subway because I want to hear people it's, it's a Mark Twain thing it, he said in his 100th anniversary book share your accent so people can grow with it wow I wish I had that quote for my show I would have put it in <laughs> 
So now, when when they accents where people can grow with it, I, yeah, like, I love sure. that. And 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 it, all of a sudden, even as a writer, because I know that you you did the book coloring book. Even as a writer, it, are you the same accent as you are on the stage, or is that writer a different voice inside your head and heart? Um, no, no, it's the same. It's really the same because a lot of that stuff, the calling book became New York Story. So it really, <laughs> it's a good question, but it's exactly, you know, in some ways I just take the right, you know, like comedians always like, oh, I wish I could put that on my act. You know what I mean? So even when you're writing anything else like that, they could chill. So how, how much has Twitter speak affected you as that writer and as that comedian? How much what? How, how much has Twitter speak? In other words, 140 characters. If you go 141 oh, characters, Twitter, people tune out. That's a whole different ball game with me. Twitter, I'm just, I'm just basically a soccer mom. <laughs> All I'm trying to do is infuriate people and ruin their day. <laughs> but, I mean, because, I mean, they, even when people catch you live, they, they're only picking up part of the story. How, what do you do as that one person to keep them ignited and, and, and basically engaged? On Twitter? No, in, in just in everyday life. I mean, you can see. I mean, it's like when I do lectures and stuff, I can, they, they'll dive out in a heartbeat. And it's like, God dang it, come on. Pay attention. We're giving you good information here. Yeah, no, you really have to. You're right. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you can lose people in two seconds. And you almost have to take it. Like when I first started, you'd have to try to be more energetic. But now you almost... That was a mistake when you're young. You know, you don't realize that. You don't have to take it up. You almost have to take it down. And just be calmer and quieter. And then they're like, wait a minute, maybe this is something. And that takes a lot of confidence. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be very sure of yourself to keep the crowd, you know? That's so funny you bring that up because one of the things that, that I talk about is that everybody's a second grader and you've got to treat them like a second grader. That's so funny. I guess we all are, yeah, we, we all are second graders in the circle. We get bored easily, you know. <laughs> so now, one thing. First of all, I'm very proud of the fact that you that you that you're using the digital platform. Is that is that an experience for you to where you're going to grow now as that writer and create your own original programming that'll bring other actors and comedians in your direction? I mean, if I could make that show, yeah, cop show, yeah. If I could keep doing that show, I would love to do that, of course. And all the comedians come on it, yeah. I mean, I would love, you know, it's so much fun for me. Is Because, I mean, it's such a, a, a wide open space right now, and so many people have said it's the golden age of television, and that's where I lean on people like yourself who've got the balls to go out there and write original programming and not, and, and not be afraid of taking a chance. Yeah, well, I mean, I get so annoyed. I mean, I'm just, I'm not a guy that wants to be on TV and other people's stuff. I've never been like that, and it's... You know, it's cost me, but it's like I understand why. I just I'm not a I'm not a, I'm not an actor in my heart of hearts. You know what I mean? I'm more of a comedian writer. I'm just not an actor. And yet we I don't have any desire to be in any movies or anybody's TV shows. Just my own stuff. That's so funny because so many of us see ourselves in you, and it takes that actor inside that comedian in you for us to be able to relate with you so well. But it's like, but now when I'm doing other stuff, I just can't. I can't. Uh, I don't want to be in people's stuff just oh. that way. I'm very snobby. I just, I'm like, you know, my stuff, that's what we should be doing, society. And yet, if George Lucas came up and said, look, I need you in the next Star Wars movie, you would turn it down. Well, you picked the wrong guy because I saw Star Wars once much too late. Star Wars came out like two years after I might have really appreciated But I've never, I've never liked any of that Star Wars stuff. I just, I don't like anything to do with science fiction. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought it was real science. I remember some guys I worked with on SNL movement in front of me. I thought science fiction and science were basically the same thing. <laughs> like, what kind of an idiot doesn't know the difference? I was like, I don't know. I knew it was fiction, but I thought it was like, you know, based on also reality. I'm not really a Star Wars. I'm not a Star Wars guy. 
<laughs> you know, but but that's what's so fun about you is that you're such a realist. Did you ever get in trouble for taking everything so real? Yeah, I mean, I get in a lot of trouble for that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, if you want to be, if you want to be honest, you can. You're gonna always get a little bit jammed up. That's how it goes. You know, you know, you can. If you want to, if you want to say what what you really think, you're always gonna be in a little bit of trouble. So, so basically, that's that being in the business of you. You you put yourself in your own HR department, then. <laughs> so, so what is next? When you say that you that you're working on your next project, what what is next? Is is it going to be something off Broadway again, or or, or when does Colin Quinn get his own Broadway performance? Well, I've done Broadway. I had a couple of shows on Broadway, and. Um, and uh, so that was, you know, I did Long Story Short, and then um, and then I did uh, Unconstitutional, was all Broadway, but that was my other one. I, I did that in North Carolina. Oh, nice. I did it, uh, I've done all that kind of stuff, but I mean, so, I don't really think in terms of Broadway to me, it's like, you know, I'm not Christian Channel, I don't want to, you know, I don't need to be like, a, like, musicals should be on Broadway. Everything right. else, off Broadway is fine, you know? And, 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 that's, and that's why you're the curmudgeon that you are then. That's correct. <laughs> 